Hey, this is Todd Herman, host of The Todd Herman Show. They call me the Emerald City Exile. The science says block the sun to save the children. The science says inject elite athletes to save their lives. You saw the NFL player. Well, how many elite athletes have collapsed and how many have died? Check out The Todd Herman Show every day on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. On this vote, the yeas are 216, the nays are 214. Accordingly, the motion is adopted. Accordingly, the House stands adjourned until noon tomorrow. <sighs> so that was last, what time was that last night? Oh, like 7, 6.37? Something like that, in the House, where... Yeah, Central Time, where you had, that was mostly, Repu- well, mostly Republicans, but the, I think the people who were booing were, were Democrats, because they, I think, were wanting to, they didn't want to adjourn, because that means, so that's, that's kind of how this happens. So when you, the, they have to keep voting on who the speaker is, or they have to adjourn, just to explain that to you. Uh, so welcome to the show. Dana Lash here with you this Thursday. We still don't have a House speaker. We still don't have a... Well, we're going to figure it out. I'm going to deep dive into some of this stuff, too, because they had some meetings yesterday, which was, by the way, that's one of the reasons why they want, they were pushing to adjourn, because apparently there were a number of meetings between different Republican factions yesterday, and I think that they were eager to have discussions on this and figure out how they can get this settled because as it is right now there's no oversight for intel uh there is nothing no push for investigation as it relates to how much you know how much in bed together are the biden administration and china i mean i could go on there's quite a bit and this is incredibly significant stuff and my concern is that the longer it sits there and nobody does anything or they have excuses for not doing anything it kind of becomes fait accompli you know what i mean it, it's just, well, it is what it is, and they're just not going to do anything about it. So we're going we're gonna to talk about some of this. I've got, um, I got a number of headlines about the economy, uh, some of this other stuff. If you see me putting glasses, they're my new glasses. I got new glasses. Just a sidebar, because people always comment on them. I have, really, I have astigmatism in my eye that makes it really difficult to focus like on my clock and then my my prep in front of me so if you see me putting them on and off it's just so i'm not like staring at the camera for the simulcast of the radio program screwing my face up trying to figure out where the camera just so you know because people are like wait a minute what are you doing why do you keep taking them on that's why all right so we got that business settled so the business of the house can i just have everyone lower their blood pressure for a bit now here's the difference i enjoy fighting but I have fun when I do it. I really enjoy throwing a punch. And I'll sometimes elbow a friend. But we're friends after. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're, we're friends after. And so I want people to realize that if you see me sparring with people, especially friends of mine, that you should still remain friends with people. Especially if they're same side. Because I think we kind of all have the same end, right? We all have the same goal for the house. 
some of us just hate everybody. So let's keep this in mind. Now, I bring this up and let, let's, oh gosh, let's get into all of it. This is just, it's, it's crazy. So the latest, if you sign up for the email newsletter, chapter and verse, I sent out a huge thing about this uh, yesterday. And the concern, I know some people are wondering, oh my gosh, are we going to have, like, uh, there was a, there was a headline at the Hill and I saw it actually right before we broke, right, right, or right before the, the program ended yesterday. Uh, before we concluded and uh, ended up parting for the day that, oh, well, is um, is Kevin McCarthy, is he going to make a deal with Hakeem Jeffries, et cetera? Because there's this thought that Democrats, Hakeem Jeffries could tell 60 Democrats to stay away from the chamber. So when they do a quorum call, the majority number, the number of people there are lower. So it lowers the threshold to to get votes to clinch speakership. Of course, I don't know what you would have to trade to Jeffries for that. They may be as cheap as just getting, you know, getting, making their planes and getting home in time. That may be, they may be as cheap as that. Who knows? I don't see that being off the table, but I don't really see it necessarily being on the table either. Because the way that I get it, I know the president's speaking right now and I'm choosing not to take the remarks on the border, Kane, right? Uh, because it's not anything, A, that we haven't heard before, and B, I'm not even quite sure it's all going to be coherent in one simple sentence to understand. So, with this, the issue with the House here, though, the, I, I just don't think something like that's going to happen. And in the piece that I noted yesterday, because people are getting really, people are really, I mean, and I get it, people are mad about it. And look, I've been one of those people, I was there in the Cantor fight, so I remember the whole Eric Cantor Paul Ryan, Kevin McCarthy days, that incredibly well. And the process in doing this, because I, I know people are saying, oh, this is, you know, it's a process. I mentioned this yesterday of our, it's a, this is democracy in action. It's actually not democracy in action, okay? It is an unprepared hot mess. And by very, the very nature of this being a debate about House Speaker, like the House of Representatives, it, that's a feature of a republic, that's not democracy. So let's not do that. I can't stand that. Please let's not. Like let let's just please don't. So I it's not it's not nitpicking either. Let's be accurate. So the hold up the, and we talked to Chip Roy about this. So this is what I understand the hold up to be. I am now keep in mind there are two different stories going around. I've classified them as uh Kevin McCarthy talking points registered trademark and never Kevin talking points registered trademark. The reason why I kind of mock with the trademark attribution, these two sides, is because they are so wholly entrenched, I don't know that they're ever going to meet in the middle. At this point, you know how sometimes, and I'm not comparing people to little kids, I am comparing the situation to being that of a little kid situation, because I know people on both sides, associate-wise, not like we're buddies or anything, that are so entrenched, I cannot envision these two people coming together and talking about any of this that's kind of a problem isn't it kind of an issue you got to be able to do this politics mean many ticks let's just be really layman about it so the way so what i'm told i'm told two different things as i said we played this yesterday i don't need to play it again marjorie taylor green said yesterday that there were a number of people who from who she, she said it was her some not all but she said it was some of her freedom caucus colleagues that went and were demanding positions on committees. Now, she says this. We talked to Chip Roy about this yesterday. 
He said those claims were McCarthy talking points, but I will have you note, and I like Chip Roy. He's probably one of the only elected officials that I actually I actually like him personally. Everyone else I'd probably speed up if I saw him in a car walk. That's rhetorical. And so he was saying, no, 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 that's not true. But he didn't entirely dismiss it. And then I saw this one piece. Let me pull this up. From that was reported that was saying that a Tennessee Republican named Andrew, Andrew Ogley, he's a freshman, so he's never been in the House before. He hadn't even taken the oath yet. He's brand new, brand spanking new. He was apparently, it was reported that he was asking for seats on the financial services and judiciary committees. Now, hold up. If true, don't you think that's kind of big for your bridges? To be strolling up into the house day one, like, I want this, or you can go to hell. No, no, I'm sorry. you got to kind of prove yourself a little bit before you can start asking stuff. We don't know how some of these people, if you're new and you're in office, don't you kind of want to see a voting record for some of these people before you put them in charge of, you know, divvying up how your tax dollars are spent? Because I know I sure as hell do. I mean, I, I don't know. Now, those are kind of the two, the sticking point. Because the concessions, so that what I've what we've deduced, the concessions that I was naming yesterday, McCarthy met those concessions, and apparently there were more that were met. One of the points that Chip Roy brought up that was confirmed to me back channel by a number of members, some of whom are pro McCarthy, not all of them, a couple of them are, a few of them are not. But they were saying, well, yes and no. They were saying that these concessions were made, so they got every concession. The issue is the rules committee because under Boehner and even under Pelosi, the committee can waive certain rules and they want to make sure that I think the fight is over who of the who of the Freedom Caucus would be on that committee. And from what I understand from the serious debates about this issue, that's kind of the sticking point is figuring out who's going where. It is also true. And I've spoken to enough members back channel at this point to deduce this. It is absolutely true that McCarthy requested some people give him submit to him names for committee positions. And some people absolutely did ask for certain positions. Now, some are saying that, well, we didn't even realize that our names were submitted. I don't know if I necessarily believe that. None of the members I spoke to either believe that. So I don't know. So it sounds like the truth is a bit of both. If we're being completely honest, it sounds like it is a bit of hardball negotiation. And it also does sound kind of like there are a couple of people. Now, I don't think this is emblematic of the whole thing. There are a couple of people and you're going to find this in any situation, particularly in D.C., where people are using this to advance their own uh, their own influence. And that would not be unusual. I hate saying that. It's kind of weird, but it that's sort of what's all wrapped up in this. But here's the thing that I want to reiterate. Because people like me who are criticizing this mess, we're not criticizing the process. I If I had to compete against all of you in who enjoys a slap fight more, I promise I will win. I love, I am a very confrontational person. And... I'm just, it's just my nature. And it's a, both a blessing and a curse. However, I'm not criticizing the process. What I'm mad about is the fact that nobody was ready. McCarthy wasn't ready. 
And the people who were objecting weren't ready. This was not a surprise. It's not like they walked into the chamber and boom, all of a sudden, it's a mini boss. It's the first vote of day one. You got to pick a speaker. Ah! It wasn't that. They knew it. They had all of this time to figure this out. They had all this time to get votes, get influence, and clearly they didn't do it. So I absolutely refuse to be lectured as a citizen for getting mad at politicians for not being prepared. And neither should you. Do not be tricked into thinking that a politician's personal fight is yours. They work for you. Every person in D.C., their number one priority should be you. And if it's not, you need to kind of get the fangs out. Because it should be. Now, we're going to get into a couple of other things as well. Because there was a dynamic shift yesterday. Trump was hardcore doubling, tripling down on his support for McCarthy until like 7 o'clock yesterday. He issued two statements yesterday. So we got those. Uh, And also, we're going to get into kind of some of the things that are on hold. We have some of the, the, we have more Twitter stuff. Biden is in, is supposed to be in El Paso. He's supposed to visit El Paso next week. And he's been speaking, uh, he's taking questions about the border and we're going to play some of that for you. I'm just not going to bore you to death with talking about the patch in your jeans for, I don't know, who knows what he's going to say. So we're going to get into all of that and more. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. All right, all right. So uh, a couple of things. First up, Amazon is laying off more than 17,000 workers. But the economy's doing great, guys. Everything's great. Biden was just in Kentucky yesterday celebrating his economic plan. Woo, woo, woo. Wait a minute. Does that mean it's going to take longer for me to get my completely inconsequential crap? Oh, bombers. We're going to talk more about this coming up. Uh, Interesting. Elon Musk is lifting the ban on political ads in the coming weeks. So you know how your television is really annoying and everything like locally is really annoying because of political ads. It's about to get even more super annoying because on Twitter, they've had a ban on political ads in effect since 2019. And Dorsey had said political message reach should be earned. Well, now they said, no, well, we're going to actually allow some of those ads as long as it's cause. They said cause based advertising can facilitate public conversation. They're relaxing their ads policy and expanding political advertising. So there's, you know, there's a good, it's going to be interesting. Kids who are constantly on Instagram and Snapchat today, and obvious headlines, Snapchat become hypersensitive to criticism as adults, according to studies. No joke, really? They said regions in the brain linked to reward and punishment are overactive, and it could lead to a social media addiction as kids grow, grow up being hypersensitive. I think there's a lot of grown A-double snakes adults on social media that have this problem already, so we don't need their kids dealing with it, too. Ninth Circuit has ruled that a middle school teacher's MAGA hat was, in fact, protected speech. It was the Court of Appeals Ninth Circuit in favor of a science teacher, Eric Dodge, who was barred from wearing his MAGA baseball cap and berated by the principal, Caroline Garrett. He was called racist and a homophobe. He sued, and he won. In fact, it is protected speech, so stop it. And he wasn't mean about it either, but I'm glad that he won. Uh, no shock, uh, today in Clown News, Adam Kinzinger is already working for CNN. He is now officially a CNN butt kisser. I'm sorry, contributor. We all knew it was just a, an audition. And Nelson Mandela's granddaughter accuses uh, the ginger whiner, Harry the Spare, and his suitcase clout-chasing ladder-curl, I mean, cringe wife 
uh, briefcase girl Megan, of stealing Nelson Mandela's words to make millions. Ooh, snap. Stay with us. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That there are two safe and lawful ways for someone leaving the country to come to America. That was one of the reasons you, uh, you were proposing. First, if they're seeking asylum, they can use an app on their cell phone called CBP1, O-N-E, CBP1, O-N-E. That's to spell it out, not the number one. To schedule an appointment at a port of entry and make their asylum claim there without crossing the border unlawfully and have a decision determined by an asylum officer, do they qualify? Second, in October... Hmm. So, welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. That is the uh, president who spoke just a little bit ago. With uh, He was with Kamala Harris. He's going to El Paso, apparently, next week to talk about the immigration, talk about the border. And I just, Kane brought up a really interesting point. Now, you're fleeing, just because, you know, if you're seeking asylum and you realize that something like 98% of these requests are denied. Because if and and it's not just in the United States, other countries are actually stricter on this than the United States is. So if you're going to go, if you're if you're going to apply for asylum, then you, I mean, you have to have like legitimate asylum seeking. You know, I mean, it's 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 not just I want to come to the United States and work or something like that. I mean, they're they're and other like I said, other countries are a lot stricter about this. But if you're fleeing your country. And, you know, you're paying, because if you're coming coming from Mexico, you're paying a coyote. You're paying the cartels. How much money do you think? Thousands and thousands, thousands about that. I mean, sure. you know, over 10, easily. Yeah, five figures, sure. Is that going to be, first and foremost in your mind, your smartphone and an app? Wait a minute, kids. Let's we got to stop here because and because you know they got such great cell reception down there in some of these areas. But is that going to be your first thought? Is let's let me get on the cell phone and check the app and see if we can schedule an appointment to go and talk about asylum. I don't really don't think it works like that. That's seems dumb right how many Kane? how many people do you think are going to be using this app we had to talk to our friend sergio down there mccallum i'm K-U-R-V. not sure how many actually have i mean i know they're given phones once they get here by the uh, preloaded with the app i'm not sure about that well it wouldn't they wouldn't need the app at this point if they're in the country yeah. but um i i don't know how many would actually have phones and devices for this app if they're truly seeking asylum. if their yeah. country is so oppressive to them I don't believe they would have the resources to own a cell phone. But, I mean, I'm sure there's exceptions to those situations. I mean, there, there, I mean, I can imagine there might be a few people. But that's not the story that we're told. We're told by the administration that the people coming over, how have they put it? I'm looking at some of my notes. I mean, they, you know, these people are fleeing for their lives. Their lives are in danger. I mean, it sounds like they're kind of leaving with nothing. Let's go ahead and... I just they can do that but they can't do anything else with the app I haven't checked out the app yet I kind of want to go look at it yeah 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 I just and the cell reception 
Now, I know for a fact that in certain, because I've stood there and I haven't had any, I know that for a fact, sometimes around in some of the border areas, the reception ain't so great. Can you got family around Brownsville and you have family on the other side of the border? You know, because the reception's so great there, you know. It gets better uh, when you get a little past Harlingen and then you get into Brownsville. But there's some dead spaces all along the border, especially uh, in the southern part of Texas. Yeah. Well, and particularly if you're, you know, coming up from the other side, especially. I just, this, this whole thing doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. But he's, now do you actually think, now here's the other question. Because he's, I'm looking at uh, some of this. He's look. He's he's going to visit El Paso, but is he going to pull a uh, a Kamala and not actually go to the border? He's just going to stay at some like spot near the border. And I do think it's interesting that he's going to the part of the border that has a wall. Just going to put that up there. Just going to put that up there. So, I I don't know. Now, his Washington Post, they're really, really... I mean, he's it's, he's going on Sunday. I'm looking at uh, some of the schedule here. So, he's, he's, visit, he's going to visit El Paso on Sunday. And he's being... Because, you know, two years too late. You know, hi. And he said it was his intention to visit the border. So I do want to note that. Is he actually going or is he, in t- is he just like, I'm going to go, but I'm, I'm intending to go, but we'll see. He was called one of the laziest and most clueless presidents in history because of this. Yeah, well. Now, here's a concern that we have that I want to make sure, as Biden says, that he has an intention to visit the border. Do we know if anyone is there with him to make sure that he's directed to the southern border and not up to Canada? Like, is he going to visit the correct one? I have faith in the pilot. I don't. I mean, <laughs> but I'm just wondering, is he, is he going to show up all wild-eyed and crazy at, you know, near Canada? And you're going to have all those Mounties smelling of maple syrup going, hey. I mean, is it going to be one of those? I don't know. I mean, hopefully he'll hit the right one. But he said that his border czar, Harris, is going to be in attendance, apparently. Uh, he might be going with him. But he's he's, intended, he's intending to go. So he intends, he says. He, but he didn't say he was. I keep going back. He says he intends. He intends to visit the border. That's my intention. We're working out the details now. Bill Malugin quoted him. So wait a minute, he actually may not go. Right? Is this just like is he is this just like a, a play piece? Possible. Is there an El Paso anywhere else, anywhere in the United States not near the border? I'm just curious. Like, is there an El Paso, Illinois? Because he might end up there too. I mean, we gotta be really we gotta be really careful about this here. So John Kirby, who's the spokesperson for NSC, as you know. He told, back in December, he was telling the press via Washington Post, Biden's trip is going to include initiatives to address climate and environmental changes. It's the border. The wind isn't pushing people over. (laughs) Jeez. Golly. He intends to go. Hmm. Now, they also said that talking about the border too much could help the smugglers. You are... 
And we lost Kane. Kane's gone now. He has died and come back to life and died again. Yeah, well, uh, this was Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre. When she was talking to reporters earlier this week, she said that, you know, spreading misinformation about the border could actually aid the smugglers. Because she was asked to comment about why is there a major increase in crossings? Do you know every single day, six to seven thousand people illegally enter the country? Six to seven thousand people. And she was trying to promote. I don't know how you how easily you can promote the administration's efforts to deal with this when they don't have any plans to deal with us. Uh, but she was trying to she she called it. What did she call it? Irregular migration was that's that's the phrase that she used is irregular migration. And she said, quote, Republicans when she she asked Republicans to, quote, think about the smugglers really putting a plan in place that we in, in that we deal with the smugglers. What? This is about as good as the patch in the jeans comment from Biden yesterday. They, they have no plan. They have no clue. No idea. And, uh, and Democrats are starting to get uncomfortable. Why do you think that they're focusing so much on what Republicans are doing in the House? By the way, speaking of that, apparently McCarthy just lost the seventh round. <sighs> just lost the seventh round of voting. Now, I don't know what the vote count is. And let me pull, I'm pulling off a couple of things actually right now. The, and bear with me because this is all breaking. So the, he he fell short in the first six. He's lost 20 Republicans in all three votes. So the far the others, votes. the others that got the vote um, amounts to seven now. So that's why he's officially lost this round as of now. So what is that? What was the vote tally this time? Because did so they far, have, did they have a full, did well, they have a full? Um, they haven't finished all the voting yet, uh, but because uh, seven people have voted for others. We know McCarthy can't get to 218. So right now, McCarthy's at 47, Jeffries is at 58, and then others are at seven. So um, the, we're like in the middle of, you know, the first third of the voting. Mm. So we are, man, seven, round seven. And apparently some of the McCarthy people, Lorraine, who we're going to be talking about a great piece that she has up at uh, Chapter and Verse, is watching the vote tally as well. And she was saying that there's some McCarthy people that are not in there. She says there's a lot of empty seats. And uh, Donald's again was nominated by Bishop. And we're going to kind of see now I've been hearing all kinds of stuff. Here's what you need to watch for. I think that there are certain, I think you, because Jim Jordan already came out and he, well, he nominated McCarthy. He's he's back McCarthy because we've talked about this because he wants the House Judiciary Chair. I think Chip Roy is the guy you need to watch. And Chip Roy has been in good faith nego- negotiations with uh, McCarthy and with uh, rules committee issues and making sure that uh, certain th- concessions cannot be waived. And he had said, remember in our interview, and it's up on Facebook and YouTube, and I sent it out also uh, in the email newsletter last night for our subscribers over at Chapter and Verse, which is on Substack. But he had said that, remember when McCarthy was asking for people to submit to him names for committee assignments? And that's the other thing to watch for. 
the people that McCarthy is put, who is suggesting that he would put on committees, if they're solid conservatives, to, that that is a good that is a uh, uh, a gesture of goodwill in the right direction. Uh, if not, then you know. But one of the things that Roy had said to us yesterday was the rules committee, and he was asked to submit some names, someone, and apparently he was asked if he would do it. And he didn't want to do it. And remember how he said, you know, he's got kids. He didn't want to have to, he doesn't want to fly out Sunday to prepare rules committee for Monday and lose a day with his kids. And he didn't really want to do it. So what I have been hearing from some of the, some members, because I've been blowing up the people that I know who always ask for, to come on to push a book or to push a a bill they co-sponsored. So I'm like, okay, tell me this and then we'll, but one of the things that I'm hearing is that he, if, if, if he becomes chair of the rules committee, um, Roy might be talked into doing that as a way to secure support of more house freedom members. And so that's kind of, uh, that would that would that's an kind of that's an interesting thing. The weird thing is nobody really wants these some of the, the positions that people want to put them in, and that's problematic. Like this is you sh- th- this is what I'm talking about. You need to have all of this stuff situated. Like if, for instance, if I'm going in and I like if I wanted to run a speaker, if I wanted someone to run a speaker, I would have for months ago been sitting down with them planning before the election. I would have had a strategy. I yes, I am the person who's over prepared for everything. True. But I would have known who I was going to have and I would have had asterisks behind people where I thought, you know, they might lose a a, a race, etc. I would have had all of my committees picked, the people who I wanted. I would have already been working with anybody who I thought might be an objector uh, or might fight me on it, trying to come up with a compromise or solution to their their, uh, fight against me nominating someone or mine. I would have had all this nailed down. That's like that seems like what you would do, right? Why did nobody do that? Thank you. Apparently, Matt Gates just did he pick? Did he nominate Trump as speaker? Did he? I, I don't know. Maybe he's probably he's probably. I think Gates wants to get back in Trump's good graces because he has been really. I don't dislike Matt Gates at all. I just think I'm. He's just so obvious in what he's doing. He was trying to distance himself from Trump, and I know he took some heat. Uh, a little bit for it so we're going to kind of see we're going to wait and see it's seventh i mean apparently they're still counting some votes and we'll see but seventh round it's not official that he's lost yet but he may so at least that seventh round so we'll see on that coming up too we got a whole bunch of other stuff as well we've got some wokery uh we also have media malpractice paul sperry responds to adam schiff's office pressuring twitter to ban him we got that for you as well. There's a there's a bunch of stuff to touch on still. And uh, the latest, Damar Hamlin. It looks like he's on an upward trend. So that's good news indeed. And now everyone's arguing about football again. And Amazon's laying off a ton of people. They're not the only ones. So what does that mean for the economy as the Fed finally admits, yeah, recession is plausible. I feel like uh, it's that uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, the, the uh, Black Pearl, when he's like, oh, no, no, this isn't, uh, uh, you don't believe in ghost stories. You're in one. Okay, yeah, you don't believe in a recession? You're in one. I feel like we're there already. So we're going to get into all of that and a ton more. Don't go anywhere. More of The Dana Show coming up back after this.
Shooting down woke culture, one crazy headline at a time. It's the Dana Show. It's not like people have heard me say it before. It's not like people are sitting around a table and somewhere in, in Central America say, I got a great idea. Let's sell everything we have. Let's give it to a coyote, a smuggler. They'll take us on a harrowing journey for thousands of miles to get to the United States. Then we're going to legally cross the border. They're going to drop us in a desert and we're a place where we don't speak the language. Won't that be fun? Actually, that's literally what... Yeah. That's like actually exactly what happens. Are you ridiculous? What's wrong with you? Oh, wow. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here. What a ridiculous comment. He's just said that that was his part of Biden's remarks. It reminds me of when, remember when KJP did this about a month and a half ago where she's like, it's not like people are just walking across the border when Peter Ducey asked her the question. Yeah, except they and it's like, are. Expect that, that's exactly what they're doing. They're totally walking across the border. It's exactly what they're doing. Oh, my. So that's really, wait, you mean uh, KJP? How did she say emeritus again? I can't even, rem- my brain can't do it. it. it I, I think about it like arthritis. Uh, emeritus, emeritus is what she said. That's right. All right. Emeritus. You got a case of the Emmers. Jeez. Uh, welcome back to the program. So uh, he's intends to go next week to the border. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it remains to be seen. We'll see whether or not he does. I got to share this story with you. I saw this tweet from New York Times. And it's from the... Uh, they said U.S. soccer coach Greg Berthalter... Greg Burhalter put out a statement acknowledging an incident in which he kicked his now wife, Rosalind, in the leg during an argument 31 years ago. He said the incident was reported to U.S. soccer to, quote, take me down. So it happened in 1991. Um, they've been married for how long? And they got four kids. Why is this being taken seriously at all? Why is it? Why is that being... Is he not following some sort of narrative that he should be following? It was literally 31 years ago. They've been married for 25 years. There's a reason they're targeting him. I wonder what it is. And he said that he kicked her in the leg. What, really? I mean, what, 20-something years ago, I kicked a dude more in the leg. I mean, I just, you know, how far back y'all want to go? Come on. We got a lot more on the way. Second hour coming up. Stick with us because uh, we got the latest with the house and so much more. Hey, this is Todd Herman, host of The Todd Herman Show. You might have heard me on Rush Limbaugh's show. I was a regular fill-in for about eight years. God rest Rush. I now do a show out of the high mountains of free America because, you know, I got exiled from Seattle. The science says block the sun to save the children. The science says inject elite athletes to save their lives. You saw the NFL player. Well, how many elite athletes have collapsed and how many have died? And then, of course, shut down the hospitals to save the children. Check out the Todd Herman Show every day on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Look, I mean, you asked about my support of Kevin McCarthy. Uh, the, the irony here is the other person that people are voting for in the race, Jim Jordan, also supports Kevin McCarthy. President Trump supports Kevin McCarthy. Conservatives and moderates, which we also have to have many moderates who just won Biden districts, also support them. Uh, And as Aisha just said, we can't get to our agenda, the reason we are elected into a majority on China, on big tech, on border. Heck, tonight we were supposed to vote to rescind funding for the 87,000 IRS agents, but we can't get to that because we have a group that's 
pushing for someone who doesn't want the job. So I think that's a legitimate point to make about, you know, rescinding funding for the IRS agents, et cetera. And some of the other things that are getting lost in this, because that's a concern. That's uh, Congressman Mike Waltz yesterday. Welcome back to the program. Second hour, Dana Lash here. Seventh round. And apparently McCarthy's not doing well in this round either. And also, not everyone is there. So a couple of things to look for. I'm trying to figure out how many Democrats are out. Of, because if you don't, if, if they call for uh, call uh, quorum and not everyone's there, depending on who's not there and the number of it, you could actually lower the threshold by which m- votes would be required to attain speakership. So that's something to watch. Number two, watch Chip Roy. Because there was some discussions that they were trying to make him chair of rules committee, which he didn't really want, as a way to assuage concerns for the Freedom Caucus. And if if he ends up leaning towards McCarthy's way, that may be because some of these final con- that concerns, I guess, that some of the le- I think there are some legitimate people that have legit concerns. And I think there are some others. I got to say, I don't dislike Matt Gates at all. I've known him. I've talked to him. I met him in person. But I saw fundraising emails going around. I actually got one um, that had um, a, like he was like fundraising off of it. And there was a fist. They were calling them. What was it? What I, I put it in a newsletter last night. I mean, what did, let me pull this. Sorry, I'm scrolling. Oh, the insurgent conservatives with a fist. I'm like, why is there an Antifa fist? Why? Like, why are we doing that? That just makes people kind of question the goodwill of all of this. You know what I mean? People don't want to see this stuff. Now, here's the other thing. I hate everybody. I don't like D.C. at all. I mean, I've turned down so many things, too. I don't even like going and talking to Congress. <laughs> I just... I The only times I've ever been prevailed upon to go out there is to educate people about two-way stuff, and that's about it. Because I just... I can't. I just... I can't. But um, the people who are mad about this we're mad about the process because this wasn't like members of the house were ambushed when they walked in day one. Oh, there's a speaker vote. Damn. If only we knew, I mean, it's been like that for a century, but you know, whatever it, it's, it's people are upset because there was a clear lack of preparation from everybody involved. Nobody escapes this. And I bristle with rage when people get mad at me for for expecting accountability from my politicians, like we're not allowed to criticize them for not being prepared for us. Are you kidding me? With conservatives like that, who the hell needs the McCarthy, you know, whatever? I get so aggravated over this. So nobody objects to energized debate. We just don't like the appearance of theater that may or may not be structured to advance somebody's interests. I'm just saying. Now, there was a shift in dynamics because... All right, so I, I know Lauren Boebert. I fundraised for her. And she and I hope her and Sean Hannity still get along. Because I know Sean, too. Sean's a great guy. I know him as well. Oh, man. It was, it was rough. But I want you to listen to this. This is audio sound by two. So up until pulling this up. I mean, when did his last statement come out? I mean, quite literally up until like five, six o'clock, he was triple. Trump was tripling down on supporting Kevin McCarthy. In fact, this article is dated. Here's an article is in the afternoon. It's from uh, Yahoo. There's one from Washington Times. Yeah, he was 
he was doubling down. He said, uh, vote for Kevin, close the deal, take the victories. What he had, what he wrote on Truth Social. And then Lauren Boebert was on the floor calling out Trump, saying that he needed to tell McCarthy to drop out. Listen to this, audio somebody too. So let's work together. Let's stop with the campaign smears and tactics to get people to turn against us. Even having my favorite president call us and tell us we need to knock this off. I think it actually needs to be reversed. The president needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that, sir, you do not have the votes and it's time to withdraw. Wow. And so the, uh, it was it was it was kind of rough. It was rough. And she this was the uh, audio soundbite eight. This is the back and forth that they had. I watched this. And it was, ooh, man. But it was, you know what? I like heated debates. I, I think they're still friends after this. Please realize that you can have heated debates like this with people who like each other and get along, and you can still like each other and get along. Please don't think that you have to be enemies forever. A Ray, uh, who was it? A friend of mine, uh, uh, calls, uh, uh, he goes by the name Vodka Pundit, was saying Reagan's uh, dictum, what was it? Uh, my 80, my, uh, if you agree on 80% of the things, you disagree on 20% of the things. Your 80% friend doesn't have to be your 20% enemy. Yeah. Like people, the death of nuance has murdered that. Uh, and he made a really good point with that. But I want you to listen to the soundbite because this was a very, it was a good, it was an interesting exchange. Listen. I understand the frustration, I promise you. But I'm not um, frustrated. He does you didn't not answer have the my votes. question. And we are hearing... We I'm are not, hearing I'm from many frustrated. people who are still voting with Kevin McCarthy You're who not are very my supportive question. of what we're doing and they're cheering us on. So there are more for us than are against us and they are waiting for Kevin to cave. Okay. Um, you know, the American people are certainly frustrated by... I'm frustrated ahead. by you not answering a direct question. Oh. Um, now, I like both of them and I think they just they disagree on something. She was talking about the American voter and not really, you know, number members in Congress. Here's the issue, though. And I understand her point, but let's look at basic math. If the argument is that he can't get to twenty to, to two eighteen right now, so he must drop out, yet he has more votes than any other Republican contender in the House. So if they, but where is why is that not applied equally the other way then? And I'm just asking this because you've got to be logical about this. I, I, if no one else can, I think, and I like Byron Donalds. He got 20 compared to McCarthy's 201 yesterday. You see what I'm saying? If it is applied one way, why isn't that logic applied equally the other way? We're conservatives, are we not? We abide by logic, correct? I mean, I do. This is what I'm telling you. When I, I think everybody's to blame here. But I also think that that's kind of a, if, if the argument's going to be made on math, you're going to lose it. Now, one of the things that I think McCarthy needs to do is, and I think he's, I mean, maybe he's doing, you don't, we all don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes, is figure out what are the remain. I mean, what is, are the remaining concerns? I will say, and I wrote this piece because it was being reported, here's just an example. It was being reported that, like for instance, uh, one Republican, a Tennessee Republican, Andrew Ogley, who... Uh, as a freshman, he hadn't taken the oath yet. He wanted numerous seats on the powerful financial services and judiciary committees. Now, McCarthy had asked members to submit some names to him that they would like to see on different committees or as chair.
But that is true. And it's also true that some people were demanding seats. That's also true. I've talked to too many members to there's that's true. Both of them are true. So Marjorie Taylor Greene's not wrong and Chip Roy's not wrong. You got to realize, folks, there are no pure people in D.C. Because there are no pure people in the electorate. Who we are is who they are. They are a reflection of us. We are staring at ourselves. So I want to dismiss this notion that there is a 100% pure part or pure side in this because there's not. It's why it's called politics. It's frustrating and infuriating and invigorating all at once. And it is a healthy part of the republic process. This is not democracy in action. It is part of a republic. And it was a process for which all of them were unprepared. And it is not wrong to call that out. It is our duty to call that out. And I'll waylay anyone who takes issue with me or anybody else exercising our duty as voters and demanding that politicians who are unprepared to serve us be held accountable. Because that's what this is about. Now, because there's so much here. The other part of this, too, and I'm scrolling down. So there's no oversight right now on the Intel community or Pentagon because they don't have committees officially constituted. And apparently nobody has security clearances because the members elect don't get security clearances. So you got to be sworn in and then you get your security clearance. So that's some of the fallout of it. So you can't, they had um, Mike Gallagher. He's part of the Intel committee. He can't, he was supposed to meet with chairman of joint chiefs, but he couldn't because he doesn't have the clearance because Cong- because the committees are not officially constituted. That's part of the process too. Um, the, Vote for rescinding funding for the 87,000 new IRS agents was supposed to take place. That didn't happen. Here's one thing that I absolutely don't like. Mike Waltz used the term hostage. Dan Crenshaw used the term terrorists. And I actually said something to him about that. Back in, I don't know, when was this? 2017? 20, it's actually maybe 2018, 2019. There were a number of Democrat lawmakers. Kathleen Rice was one of them, sitting members of Congress, who name-checked me and all of you and said that Second Amendment supporters are domestic terrorists. I do not like that word being thrown around casually, and it has nothing to do with sensitivity. It has to do with the reality of what Democrats are trying to do with casual language. They wanted to actually make that a classification to put people on lists. This whole, I've written reams about this. The whole uh, no-fly list, the whole can't-buy-a-gun list, all of this. The thing that James O'Keefe actually, he was on a list and barred from actual legal purchase for reasons he had to hire a lawyer to find out for. And then it turned out it was all bogus and, you know, he didn't get his time back. He didn't get money back for having to hire a lawyer. To resolve the issue for him it's very expensive but democrats literally have tried to use th- this casual language as legitimate classification to put people on these lists terror watch lists etc 
And the terror watch list, one of the bad things about this, and myself and actually ACLU's even criticized this. This is one of those weird times when you find common ground. There's no way to find out if you're on it until you're penalized. Uh, it's impossible to get yourself off of it. And you have to hire a lawyer and it can be incredibly expensive to do so. I mean, they had former congressmen, somebody like John Lewis. Remember, he was on the do not fly list just because his name was, you know, there's a lot of John Lewis's out there. So this is why it's not a sensitivity to the word. It's let's not help the mainstream what they want to use as a classification to deny us all natural rights. So I bristle at that. I think that calling someone a calling this a hostage situation is overdramatic and stupid. Calling people terrorists is what Democrats called Second Amendment supporters. We're talking about policy disputes. Okay? As much as you want to dislike these people, they sure as hell aren't ISIS. So let's not use Democrats' language and aid them in mainstreaming something that they are just rubbing their hands together over like a vaudeville villain to use as a classification to further penalize us in the future. Can we not? We have more to come on this issue, on all of it, in fact. And we got job numbers because Amazon's laying off 17,000 employees. Holy cow. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So China warns the United States to not cross the red line on Taiwan or to use salami tactics. Salami tactics, it's because salami slicing. I just like that. It's a strategy of like a bunch of little things building up to something big. Uh, they said that the uh, conversation between U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and his Chinese counterpart came before China sent military planes and ships towards Taiwan in a 24-hour display of force. Maybe you guys should, I don't know, like get your get your uh, COVID stuff and your uh, under control and all in your economy before you start running your mouth uh the pricey gym chain equinox made everybody mad because they told people we don't speak january in a new campaign ad campaign and they said take your resolutions elsewhere they've banned new members from joining on new year's day i will say it's always interesting to watch people who don't know how to use gym equipment in the gym like that first couple of weeks of just saying so i kind of you know and california wants to compensate sterilization victims stay with us Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show. Uh, retribution after the fact. There was threats that folks that weren't going to vote for McCarthy would be kicked off committees. Now you put yourself in a, in a pretty public position opposing who, the person that could be, be the speaker. Are you worried about retribution? Man, I'm 6'2", 275. I'm not worried about that. Oh, man. That's Byron Donalds. That's when NBC met Representative Byron Donalds. That's how that went. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. And uh, always good to be with you. This, there's, I can't believe it's already Thursday, but, you know, we started New Year's Day was Monday. So uh, we've been following all kind of crazy stuff from all of this with uh, not just with the House. They've, they've <laughs> still just the way it is right now is that there is no change in the vote tally um it's the same as it was yesterday except donald's now has 19 because gates nominated trump so that's that's it i mean that's the latest so we'll see nothing's changed they didn't even have like full everybody uh present when they did quorum call so i don't know i mean i just 
the whole thing is, as I said, it is frustrating because nobody was prepared. And I get it. People are, they don't want to, they want to, they want to be able to have um, a, a speaker that has a, that has a, a, a spine. They want, they want to be able, people are tired of paying tax. We want to make sure that the, uh, the funding for these 87,000 IRS agents, we'd like to see that rescinded. We had this headline, let me share this with you. Amazon is laying off. Now one headline said 17,000. Wall Street Journal says it's over 18,000. 5% of their workforce. This is the stuff we could be focusing on. Remember, house is the power of the purse. Their layoffs are going to affect over 18,000 employees. It's the highest, highest reduction tally revealed in the past year. And it's all due to economic uncertainty. Wow. And so you have Amazon. There are a couple of others that are like a lot of Meta's laying people off. Shares of Amazon fell. Stock is down 49% over the last 12 months. And it, which is weird because Amazon, they were one of the biggest and not just by nature of timing. They ended up making bank during lockdown because everybody had to shop online. I mean, e-commerce, groceries, cloud computing, all of this. I mean, they really grew. So they did add employees. Now, there's a couple of ways to look at it. It's, is it a sign of the economy? Which I think, yes, a little bit it is. But also, now that people are going back to shopping in stores, I think that there is now a decreased demand because they had to add hundreds of thousands of employees. I mean, think about it. You have the entire nation. Most everybody was ordering things online. Some of us still do. I just don't ever have the time. Can I just, aside, sidebar, like, you know, I wear like the some of the area in which I live in, like how are you closing stores and stuff at five o'clock? Like how are you closing stuff at five o'clock? How are some of you doctors' offices like closing at that? Like some of us work and we don't get done until five. Like what are you doing? So yeah, we got to order some stuff on Amazon. But um, this they and they made some cuts back in spring and summer. There were some physical stores that they had that they shut down. Uh, they had a, a hiring freeze, but. A lot of it also is too. It's a combination of the demand, people going back in stores, and also the economy because people are purchasing less. So demand is dropped and people are purchasing less. If the economy was good, I honestly don't think that that would have been that much of a, it wouldn't have been over 18,000 if people were still purchasing. You know, they still, you know, the way that, but. So this, not the, not the best news. And the Fed admits the recession is plausible. <sighs> yeah, we're in it. Like, thanks for recognizing what we're all in. Do these people live on Earth? Are they living on Earth? Just curious. Feels like they're not seeing everything that we see. Labor Department data also suggested that more workers quit their jobs in November. There was a, a series from the Atlanta Fed that was noted uh, by the Wall Street Journal, and they said that the increase in voluntary separations coincides with the period in which wage growth is higher than inflation for job switchers, but not stayers. Quitting is no longer slowing down. The labor market is, they said it's, it's I mean, that's pretty interesting. It was the Atlanta Fed's wage growth tracker. 
Hmm. And hospitality is still struggling. Hmm. Everything's changing. It's all, it's effect, everything's, everything is affected by this. Everything's changing. Everything's affected by this. One of the other things that we're also keeping an eye on, we've discussed, uh, well, a lot of the Twitter files. And I'm going to get into the woke right here. But pulling this up, Paul Sperry was one of those reporters. He was name checked by Adam Schiff's office, chair of Intel committee, chair of Intel committee. He wanted Perry suspended or Paul Sperry. He wanted Sperry suspended. Ultimately, he was. And Paul Sperry had responded after this report came out. He goes, well, that explains why Twitter would never give me a reason for my my suspension. It was Schiff. I mean, wow. You want Sperry says, talk about cyber bullying. Adam Schiff used his power as head of House Intel to muscle Twitter into banning journalists, muzzling reporters who outed his impeachment of whistleblower as an anti-Trump partisan Democrat, exposing Schiff's impeachment proceeding as a political op. That is absolutely true. This is what we're talking about when you are you're seeing a, a private entity being used as as an agent of state. And that's what it, Real Clear Investigations, which is a great site, Paul Sperry wrote about this, and he's just a straight news, no chaser reporter. He was talking about the CIA analyst, Eric Ciaramella, who was overheard talking in the White House with Sean Misco, a holdover from the Obama days. And they were saying that they, an, an official heard the conversation, told Sperry that just days after Trump was sworn in, they were already trying to get rid of him. And he reported all of this, like how the whistleblower was... You know, it was an actual partisan Democrat that was part of this whole theater. And he and that specifically is what Schiff's office was targeting him for. So not only were they trying to undermine a free and fair election in 2016, but then they were trying to shut down any reporting of it. That is unbelievable. Censorship. It is censorship. This is now this is why I get really happy when I think about Jim Jordan on House Judiciary Committee. And when I think of adam schiff not being chair of the intel committee anymore i know it's a beautiful thing isn't it these are these are beautiful things have you seen the media talk about this have you seen it remember the media that was would they were apoplectic whenever anybody trump or anybody else or desantis anybody would say call them partisan or say it was fake news or say that their reporting was inaccurate and they would, they would weep and pretend to faint and say that the sacred institution is completely under attack because of this criticism. Nay, this isn't criticism. This is violence. Remember they would say all this? Can you imagine if a Republican, if news came out that a Republican had, had pushed a social media entity to censor a reporter for writing uh, something on Trump. Can you imagine? There would, oh man, you'd have a whole other commission. A whole other commission would be formed. Golly. Yeah, they've been very, very quiet about it. They haven't. Matt Taibbi, and I've known him for a long time, he and I, because he was always a, a liberal, 
And in fact, when the, what, what actually got me um, hired back when CNN was more, a little more open-minded, what got me hired as the token conservative at CNN, this is back in like 2012, was um, we argued uh, viciously on Anderson Cooper's show. Because he was calling Tea Partiers racist, and I was done, done with it, um, and I just just shredded him. And he he wasn't rude except for that, but he never got like nastier than that. He just you know said that old line, and then I think, you know, as the years went by, he kind of realized, hmm. He I mean he's still left on a lot of issues, but then I think he began to see, and I. I've always wanted to ask him if he's ever put that together because back in the Tea Party days, do you remember? I remember when we lived in Missouri, uh, they were trying to put us on watch lists. Do you remember all of this? Do you remember when Barack Obama ran in 2008? They had truth squads in Missouri. The prosecutor who the, the who ended up actually in, in the uh, Mike Brown case, Bob McCullough. He joined with another, and he's a Democrat, he joined with another lefty prosecutor and a lefty police chief, and they formed this truth squad, and they, they actually were, they cut an ad and everything where they were going to go after any misinformation on uh, Barack Obama during the campaign. And then it came out, it was an MIAC report that was signed by former Democrat Governor Jay Nixon, that anyone who, who flew... Uh, a Gadsden flag or who said they were this is back in the Ron Paul days uh, that they supported Ron Paul if they were libertarians or anything like they were going to go on this watch list it was crazy tea partiers were were penalized by the IRS they were denied their any kind of uh, tax-exempt status so as to suppress organization and and free assembly which I think it kind of that's kind of ironic. You got to ask your government if you can freely assemble. I don't have enough fingers for that. Uh, bad ones anyway. So my whole point is that this whole. I wonder if he ever made if Tybee ever made that connection. Like wow, all of this stuff when I was criticizing the Tea Party, the government, which is doing this stuff to journalists and all of that now through Twitter, was doing this to the Tea Party back in the day. And he was so critical. That's how he and I argued. That's how we first met. We never really were friends after that. But I wondered if he ever kind of came to that conclusion and realized that he actually, the Taibi now, would agree with the me now and then. It's very interesting to see people's journey. But that kind of goes to show you also how insane the left has gotten. Those little graphics where it shows the right and left spectrum and then someone in the middle and then the left keeps going crazier and crazier until it looks like the person in the middle is more towards the right. That's actually kind of true. true. And it they have gotten people on the left have gotten so far left. They're unrecognizable. And they willingly do it because there's such tribalism. And I will say the Democrat Party doesn't make it easy to disagree. What was it? Was it 2016 or was it 2014 that they banned? They actually stopped using, I think it was the DSCC or it was the DCCC, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. They were not allowing funding. They weren't going to fund any campaigns that were pro-life Democrats. Or if they had pro-2A messages or anything like that. They like really started trying to whittle down any dissent in the ranks by controlling the funds.
So when what I find interesting is the media sits here and they go they go at Republicans. Oh, you're going to withhold money for this or this. You all ignored when Democrats ran every damn moderate that they had out of their party by doing the very thing that you're writing about now. They're not even saying nothing about it. We have a lot more to come, uh, including. Hold up. I've got. I've got some wokery. I've got a number of other things, too, to get into, uh, including the latest on Damar Hamlin. Uh, and it's been very interesting to see what's kind of the response to that. And it was nice to see people praying on the field as well, I got to say. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. Some of y'all people need to stop. Do- By the way, this guy's head, if the mugshot... Why he doesn't have as much of a top part of his head as he does. It's weird, right? Uh, Florida man is accused of temporarily blinding a Brevard Sheriff's Office pilot with a laser pointer. Stop doing this. It was it was a helicopter Sunday evening assisting the Palm Bay Police Department with the search for a shooting suspect. And they said that 33-year-old Dean Bollet decided to shine a laser at the helicopter multiple times despite everyone, including toddlers, know that you can't do it. The laser refracted through one of the pilot's night vision goggles that blurred his vision to the extent that he had a hand con- hand control of the uh, helicopter over to a tactical flight officer who thankfully happened to be a pilot. So he endangered the crew, put the officer's lives in danger because it interfered with the equipment they were using also to track the, p- the armed suspect. And so the uh, sheriff's office flight crew was able to direct the officers to the source of where they found Belay. He was arrested and charged. It's a felony. So he's held on $5,000 bond. Stop doing that stupid stuff. Good grief. Like, who gets out there and is like, I'm going to shine this in the eyes. Wait, like, come on, Dean. Um, I got to share this one real quick. On Miami, Florida, Miami Herald, 33-year-old Delor- Dorleans Filiador was in Miami-Dade Circuit Court on char- charges of burglary and grand fa- theft. Uh, and uh, he was sitting in a wheelchair next to the judge when he tried to throw excrement at her, his own, before closing arguments began. I'm not even kidding. I'm not kidding either when I say that the story continues and says that Philidor yelled at the judge, it's protein, it's good for you. What? Not kidding. This comes from an affiliate. He's no scientist. I am not kidding. It is an actual thing. And apparently witnesses said that he then had protein himself. I'm done. Oh, that's that's ah. so nasty. I cannot. Why? All right. A Florida man bit an officer. Yeah, I don't know. He bit an officer after hitting another one with his car, and then he danced in traffic. An Orlando man fleeing Winter Garden police struck an officer with a car, bit another one on the leg, and caused thousands of dollars in property damage at a convenience store. It was a mobile gas station. Uh, Malik Smith, 27 years old. Uh, he, they, authorities, they, he apparently was trespassing. Then he jumped on the counter of the smoke shop located in the store, destro- destroyed their display cases, pulled a light fixture out of the ceiling, according to the affidavit. They responded. He left. He was harassing customers. So he's in jail. And this was after, like, they had to chase him and wrestle him down, and he bit everybody. But, you know, it's, oh, golly, just the floor. You know what? He makes D.C. look sane. Got to say, stay with us. Third hour next. Damar spoke last night. Can you speak to that? I can clarify. He did not speak. Um, He was able to communicate uh, in writing. Um, And he is uh, unable to speak with us yet as he uh, still has a breathing tube in and we're still assisting him with uh, ventilation. Uh, So the, um, you know, when he was communicating with us uh, last night and again today, that's been in writing. 
Wow. And, uh, you know, to paraphrase uh, one of our partners, you know, when, when he asked, did we win? The answer is yes. You know, Damar, you won. You've won the game of life. Uh, and that's probably the most important thing out of this. And we really need to keep him at the center uh, of everything else that's going on. And we really want to ensure a good outcome for him. Who's cutting onions in here? It got really dusty. Oh, that's you won the game of life. Gosh, dang. That was the press conference latest from the docs on Damar Hamlin. That he's he's coming around here. We woke up and grabbed a piece of paper and asked who won the game. Welcome back to the program. Top of our third hour here this Thursday with you, Dana Lash. Happy to be with you, your lovable curmudgeon. And thankfully, I mean, he's coming around. He's got a long way to go, though. And we were having this huge conversation about all of this because everybody, look, I, I'm just going to say this. I, I think the first and, and the, the priority here was, oh, my gosh, because he's so young and he does so much great, so many great things for the community. My gosh. Um, and I think it was it was awesome how everybody came together. But, you know, I the first priority is, oh, my gosh, make sure he's stabilized. Make sure that he's coming back around. Make sure that, you know, he can recover from this. And then figure out what's going on. Why did this happen? Um, was it, what, what do they call it, like that, that perfect hit? I go back, I just go back to 1998 when I was, I was in college. And I just remember um, Blues game was on. And I looked away and I remember doing something. Because this was the first time I'd ever seen anything like that in sports. Um, and Chris Pronger had collapsed on the ice. And he had gotten hit it um right in the chest was a slap shot and it just i mean it was the perfect hit it just hit him right in the middle of the chest and boom he was down like a sack of potatoes and i'd never seen anything like that in my life and it can happen however i also understand why people you know very you know they're trying to be very polite about it but they're asking okay did was there an injection involved the vaccine and you can't blame people for asking because I, I was reading some remarks from doctors on social media and they were looking at the number of reported cases and they were saying that there's been an increase in young men having these having instances like that as and they said that that's you know we, we've talked about this before one of the adverse effects particularly with young men with the vaccine and it's you can't blame people for asking questions. What gets me is that I really am not going to hear about any objections from people bringing this up or asking questions about this when you had to submit to a line of questioning just to enter a damn restaurant. Did you get your vaccine? You had to actually download an app and show whether or not you had an injection before you could eat in New York in public. Or in a number of other areas. So don't act like all of a sudden it's beyond, you know, the realm of politeness to ask about such a status, particularly when we've seen these conditions and the increase in this report with young men. Yeah, and, and, and Kane just shared a, a tweet with me. Oh, man, you got the video. Dang. And he just and it was weird because he just dropped and you thought like, oh, well, he was maybe like there was and he was it, it took him. Yeah, it took him like weeks. He was out for a while um, and it was how do you even it's commotio cordis, but it was a slap shot to the chest. Now, it can happen, but 
I just, I, I, I don't know why people are getting all bent out of shape. Again, when you were asked to, you know, whether or not you, you had your injection for every single thing and you had to download apps to even move about the, you know, come on. And, and, and businesses were forcing you to get, no, no, no. Don't act like all of a sudden now that's a sensitive topic. Right. Also, Chris Pronger responded. Oh, to, did he? Yeah, he did, actually. And his tweet says, he goes, the incident happened in game two of the playoffs and I was cleared to play game three wearing a heart monitor for 24 hours. So that's how tough hockey players are. But still, uh, that's why I think this is just slightly different than the, the, right. the blanket explanation of uh, Camosio. And, and I don't know why, it's, why you're not allowed to ask that or bring that up, especially with the increase in cases. So, and it's NFL for crying out loud. I mean, these are, what was it? Somebody was joking, um, an athlete friend of mine, um, and they played they played uh, amateur hockey for a long time. They were saying of, of my my husband's. They were saying that if you're going to ever collapse anywhere, and if it's not in a hospital, better be on the on the football field. That's the place to do it. I'm just glad that he is recovering, and the fact that he's like who won the game and was it seemed like he's joking about it. So he's got like you know some good humor coming back. There's a great piece over at Chapter and Verse, and that's the email newsletter that. Uh, I send out, we have our radio prep, we do deep dive pieces, all kinds of stuff. Um, but there's a really good piece over there from uh, our contributor, Lorraine, who also moderates the official uh, radio show chat. And she was getting in, she was saying that watching Damar Hamlin collapse on the field was scary and familiar to her because she has personal experience with us with, you know, all of a sudden something like this. She said that um, in the piece, she writes, football and heart conditions don't mix. And she was saying that 16 years ago, she wrote that her father stood up out of bed and just immediately collapsed on the floor. He was 54, 54 years old. But he had been living with hypertrophic uh, cardiomyopathy since his late 40s. And she talks about, you know, all of this stuff with the implantable cardioverter defibrillator, all of this. But she said that when she saw that game, when she watched a game and she saw Hamlin fall on the field, she was like, as soon as I knew it, I knew it, as soon as I saw it, I knew it was his heart. And they said that what he technically had died twice and they did see, they had died twice, but they brought him back with CPR. That's amazing. Amazing. And so they were, you know, she, and I'm glad that he is, I'm so glad that he's recovering, but he was resuscitated twice and she says that I'm praying that his young 24-year-old heart holds out and he can heal and go on to have a long life because, you know, and that's the other thing. Like, aren't there conditions that after you have something like this, they can, you have like, you might have an issue like this afterwards that you have to watch out for? She was wondering whether or not he was dealing with pulmonary edema. So, I mean, it is, um, you know, the and the, you have the commotio, uh cordis, the perfect hit. And they, they do a lot of screening. She makes a good point. They do so many screenings in preseason. So it would be really difficult to miss something, right? I mean, because you're talking about players who make millions of dollars. It would be really, that's a, it would be really difficult to miss an, an existing condition, right? I mean, how many screenings do they do? Like you get a, you, you sneeze, you get a cold and don't they do a, a screening on you? I mean, you've got like the best... Basically, you have, you, I mean, NFL's got the best care. It's like having uh, Delta Rescue care for life. I mean, you have the best care. Um, but yeah, the, 
I think the I, I realize that you know people are like, oh don't because there were some people saying no you can't talk about the vaccine you can't talk about the injection but it's I don't you want to figure out what's going on and solve the issue I think everything is on the table at that point and so and it may be the perfect hit because that has happened before and we just you know we gave the example of Chris Pronger in uh, St. Louis Blues so it has it has happened before it's just that in conjunction with everything that we've seen with young men so for instance without getting like too personal um one of one of my sons was told by um you know our cardiac doctor our cardiologist to you can't because of inflammation issues with organ tissue that no do not do anything like that with the vaccines because you would be you could actually be have something like this happen where it concerns um the myocarditis because there are other um issues where you can have inflammation of certain organ tissue and that was something our cardiologist was like absolutely not and we gave a very lengthy explanation about it and was like if it's required by school we're going to make sure that that does not happen because not everyone and he was very and he's not he wasn't like super political he was just very against this blanket application of this stuff for everybody because everybody's bodies are different and everybody has different health situations and that has to be taken into account people have to have free will and they have to be able to make their own health decisions and that's the thing that was infuriating because the government wanted to do a one-size-fits-all for everybody but you need to be able to make your own decisions because you know your health conditions more than the government does so like I said, I think it's ridiculous that people are acting like it's too sensitive to ask about any kind of injection when you were forced to download a damn app on your phone just to have a salad at a restaurant in New York. You were asked, I mean, have you, were you, I was asked that every time I went, like when I had my whole, like last year I had a, a legit health scare. Thankfully everything was okay. Last year started out horribly. I had a rough, rough, rough year last year, rough year. Um, but I remember like before I had to have, when I mean, you guys all knew this, I had to have absolutely and it had to happen pretty quickly medically necessary surgery and it was a pretty big surgery and at every point in sitting down and talking with doctors they were like have you had your have you had the vaccine you had and every time I started getting aggravated and I told Ken I'm like I've had nature's vaccine I had it already I had the virus stop it but you're asked that constantly so why are people getting sensitive that this is being brought up now when you have this this increase in young men with this condition as it relates to the vaccines slash injections because i hate calling them vaccines i'll call something a vaccine if it actually stops transmission but you can go to danalash.substack.com it's dana lash's chapter and verse lorraine's piece is up there it's great i highly suggest that you read it it's a great piece um, but she brings up a good question like you know there's so much there's so many pre-screenings in this there's so many screenings in this some of the other things that we are going to hit here coming up because we have headlines on the way. The, well, they're still fighting it out in the house. Do you remember the teacher? I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Do you remember the teacher? Uh, we talked about this before Christmas break. Is the Canadian high school and it's the transgender teacher who wore the, the Z cup oh, yeah. prosthetic boobs. So now parents are threatening legal action to stop the teacher from doing this. Apparently, the teacher went into the, was it the Christmas concert or something like that? 
and and made a big deal about sitting right in the front row. Not kidding. We're going to talk about all of this stuff here coming up. So I know, man, it's one of those. It's one of them. One of those stories. We'll get into all of that here coming up. We have more of the show on the way. Stick with us. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So Beijing is apparently threatening countermeasures. This is all they do. They just threaten stuff. It's on their feet. Threatening countermeasures against countries requiring COVID tests for travelers from China. Wait, you don't want people to have to take tests that you made? That probably don't work uh, if they're traveling from your country. You know, maybe go ask the people in the Prado area, like how they feel about not testing people that are coming in from China, Prado area in Italy. They said because there's even though they have all the vet, the quote unquote vaccinations and everything else and the masks, they were saying that, uh, you, you know, they have a huge they had a huge outbreak and um, the government, they said that they opposed the entry restrictions adopted by other countries targeting China. They lack scientific basis. Well, wait a minute. When you guys did it, was that not? I, I feel like this is going to go crazy and I worry about the health effects of this. Like, what are the adverse effects? Big Pharma's golden ticket sales of a new weight loss shot made by Eli Lilly. The forecast is that it's going to hit 50 billion this year, 50 billion bucks, which would make it the best selling drug of all time. I'm going to try to pronounce this. Tirzipatide, right? It could be approved as a weight loss treatment this year, and it could make 50 billion in the first year of sales. It's available off label for weight loss patients. And they said that it's expected to be better than rival. They said that. It, that's even more than it would make more than even COVID. You know what a great weight loss thing is? The gym. Like, I just it's I don't even know what the it's making me sound like Joe Biden. But uh, fifty billion dollars, and they said that even more so than there was another one out there. They that this is expected to like perform better than in terms of sales. So I don't know. That's kind. Of, it's scary. That kind of scary. A small Illinois airport was evacuated ahead of that Idaho kill. I don't want to say this guy's name. The Idaho killer's uh, arrival. That that was really interesting because when he because they were extraditing him and as he went through there was a small uh, airport that they because they were so worried about security and everything else that they had to evacuate it so that they could get him in and and fly him out uh, and he was in his little motorcade. So I just I have a feeling that prison justice came when all said and done might be adding to somebody's commissary there i'm just saying you know not encouraging anything but uh also a couple of other things here to hit california orders evacuations ahead of a massive storm so i actually learned what the pineapple express was i don't even know what i don't it's a weather pattern it's not a bad seth rogan movie uh but they it's a it's a rare thing but they said that they've had mudslides uh, and they're they're anticipating really like this could be one of the worst that widespread flooding, mudslides, power outages that are more than the regular power outages that are going to affect a lot of people. They said it's going to have six in- dump six inches of rain in parts of the Bay Area. So that's where it's apparently going to, I guess, the Santa Barbara, Ventura counties, they're going to see the most rain. Uh, but they've said that uh, San Francisco Mayor London Breed said that the city's preparing for a war. It's going to wash all the needles and feces away. Right? Needles and feces. I don't know why I had to sing that, but I did. What? Poor fish. 
Yeah, I know. Uh, um, I only was able to touch on this last hour, but California is trying to find and compensate sterilization victims. California officials want to pay reparations for government forced or coerced sterilizations. They're actually having a hard time to find victims. They're having a hard time to find... They, they said that 600 people in California today can't have kids because of go- uh, their government sterilization uh, program against their will or without their knowledge. And so, yeah, they're, I guess, paying people. What is the price for that? That's We have more to come. Don't go anywhere. The latest on the house as well. Stay with us. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Well, I mean, first of all, I thought it was just blatantly outrageous. Um, first, you know, it, man, it, it, that, that sucks, man, to be honest with you, man. I'm sorry. I, I feel, you know, bad that she really put that out there because, you know, if you see a black man rising, I mean, let the man rise, even if you don't agree with them. Specifically to my policies, I would argue that she should sit down and debate me one-on-one. And let's do that, Stu. We could do it on your program. We could do it yeah. on CNN. We could do it on MSNBC. I'm open to all of that. Uh, but to, to throw a statement out there, I thought was just uh, the complete wrong thing to do. Uh, you know, as a black man to a black woman, I would have never done that to her. It's, just, it's a shame that she did it to me. Man, that is amazing. That's Byron Donalds talking to Corey Bush. Welcome back to the program. Bottom of our third hour here on the program. Your lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash, watching the latest with the house. I'll update you with anything. They're all still they're all still slap fighting. Byron Donalds, you know, Corey Bush's her remark that she had to him uh, when that she called him a prop called him a prop because he was nominated for house speaker and I just thought that that is that's just that's sickening that is absolutely sickening and that's how Democrats are though that's the Democrat ideology the Democrat mentality Democrats don't believe in actual freedom. I mean, they they believe in freedom to support their agenda and their ideals and nothing else. If you are a black American, if you're a woman, if you're gay, if you're any other ethnicity, any other religion, and you don't embrace Democrats, I've said for years, Democrats have tried to trademark every identity box. So that you can't be, and Joe Biden showed everybody the cards and he's like, you can't be black and not vote for me. Remember he said that during the election. That's what they believe. He actually questioned someone's being if they didn't support him and his party. But that's who Democrats, that's how they are. They believe that. You're not authentically X, Y, or Z unless you vote for them. And so Cori Bush is just, she's just going along with that. That's not a statement of freedom. And yes, you can be racist, and still be a black woman talking about a black man in the way that she did with him. And that's exactly what she did. I, that's sad. And that's ultimately, that's the, that's the false choice that Democrats give, right? It's not about freedom. You have to choose what they, it's the same thing that feminists do. Third way feminists. Like you can't be a feminist and then actually go and if you choose to stay home, I'll never forget like 12 or so years ago I got into a back and forth with some old feminist named Linda Hirschman I don't even know what she does but she was like the Steinem era and she had said that college educated women who choose to stay home with their kids were betraying women 
And I thought judging another woman for her free will choices is a betrayal of women. Not a women, not, not, not women exercising their free will choices. Isn't that the whole point of feminism? Wasn't that the whole point of it to give women choices? Isn't that the whole point of freedom to give people choices? Same thing applies with people like Byron Donalds and Cori Bush. So if you were to call Cori Bush, if Byron Donalds had said Cori Bush was a prop, oh my gosh, the left would have been apoplectic. But Cori Bush can say that about Byron Donalds and you got that Democrat privilege. You can say whatever. You can be as racist and as bigoted. You can dress up in blackface like uh, Governor Ralph Northam. You can pretend to be and cosplay as an American Indian going so far as to write it on your job applications like Elizabeth Warren. It's all okay because you have Democrat privilege. Sickening. Never, never, never have they been on the right side morally of history. Never. All right, I got to tell you about this story. The latest with (sighs) this teacher. Do you remember the Canadian shop teacher? Gosh, the jokes about this. The Canadian shop teacher who, um, let's be delicate here, wears the size Z prosthetic breasts and, you know, Uh, decided to teach like that. I mean, it's, I don't know. She, uh, he, not she, I don't know why I said she, he goes by the name of Kayla Lemieux. And we talked about this when this first made, so it was like back in, it was like back in December. Actually before then, when it first, it was like maybe what, November, when it first really started gaining ground. And he wears short skirts and Where's the big, pers- I mean, it's, it's, it's a offensively horrid caricature of what he thinks women are. He gets off on it, clearly. And the school actually had defended him. So over like the Christmas, what is it? There was a, a Christmas recital in Burlington, Ontario. And Lemieux snuck into the theater during intermission, made sure that he was right in the front row to watch the kids dance on stage with his big giant acme boobs and parents were concerned and they demanded that he leave because he did not have a kid involved in the show he didn't have a kid involved in the show but he wanted to go and and watch like just showed up to i I don't understand the point of like going to there's like jokes about can i just be real like i don't want to go to watch nobody's kid in a I have, I've had a friend ask me that before. Do you want to go watch my... Ch-? I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I am just don't. <laughs> That's your job. <laughs> like, I, I love watching my kids. I love my kids, and I think everything they do is amazing, but that does not extend to yours, okay? I'm sorry. I'm being honest, okay? Nobody else will be this honest with you. So why is this dude with the giant Wiley Coyote boobs showing up at, you know, a kid's dance recital? It's weird, don't even have a kid there doesn't know anybody like he didn't even wasn't invited by a friend and can i also say why does he always wear that pink shirt always in the pink shirt now there was a it was a podcast host in canada who said that he was at 
Lemieux's condo when he saw Lemieux taking off his giant acme boobs and wig while he was at home? I don't know. I mean, I... The whole thing is... And I think that didn't he protest him by dressing up as Lemieux at a city council meeting or something and then he was he was like escorted away because i don't know i the whole thing anyway long story short i had to give you all of that um this let me pull this up sorry so parents now are threatening legal action to stop this kayla lemieux guy from dressing up like this wearing the short skirts and the short shorts and the super tight top with his giant z fake plastic boobs and they said that Lemieux should be held to the same dress code standards as the students. And they say that his attire is clearly not in line with district standards. And if the students should be punished for this, then why not him? I cannot believe that it got this far and that anyone is defending this, much less the school. You know, he skydived with those things on. Yeah, like that's that's a whole new level of fetish, man. Sky he skydived, yes, dove with those things on. I still will never forget the I mean it and it was done like I mean clearly it's it is it is an over the top caricature. And and at first everyone was like, There's no way this dude's serious. Oh no, 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 he's serious. I just when he was doing that table saw and like pulling it towards him and he's got his big giant I mean, I'm just it's it's, it's just clownery. But the kids have been nervous about it. So this is, yeah, they said that he attended a dance recital too. And that's when the other parents asked him to leave. That's included in the story. He began transitioning, but I don't think he's had the surgery. So I, what is it, hormone, hormonally? I don't know. In, back in 2021. And so, yeah, they had David Menzies, who, who's with Rebel Media. He attended the Halton School District School Board meeting where Lemieux teaches dressed like Lemieux. With the blonde, the trashy blonde wig and makeup with the big giant, you know, and then the little short skirt and they made him leave. So what's the difference? Well, there's there is none. So the parents are threatening. They're threatening legal action. I would just take my kids out of the school and go to a different one. I know not everybody can do that. I but hell, I'd homeschool before this. They're, they're, they're saying he's got to stop dressing like this in the classroom. This is ridiculous. I agree. This isn't about the kids. He's doing it for his own, his, to get his own rocks off. That's what this is. Let's be real. Gee, it's cosplay. It's just, and you know the one, who's the one, the other guy that Joe Biden invited? Um, he's the reason why I don't shop at Ulta anymore because Ulta decided it would be fun to have two dudes who cosplay as women try to talk about what it's like to be a woman and all the problems that women face and makeup and all this. And I'm just done with Ulta. Uh, Ulta, it's trash. But the, one of the guys who got invited to the White House and was talking with Joe Biden, and he was the guy who's like, oh, it's my day three of my girl journey and all this other stuff. So he got facial reconstruction surgery, plastic surgery to look more like a chick. It's still cosplaying. It is still cosplaying. Where's third wave feminism on that? Oh, wait, it's right. Third wave made all this possible. Gosh. So a few other things to hit as we come down to the, here's one last bit of wokery. I don't even know if I want to read this one. 
an Oregon hospital has proudly announced the expansion of their sex change department. They said they've announced the expansion of gender-affirming services, and it includes castration for the purpose of vaginoplasty. Oh, here's the word. This is what they're using. This is news. As well as creating non-functional... Um, I'm just saying it. Neopenises from the skin and flesh of forearms. Sounds like a really bad um, sidebar. That's a really bad third wave feminist punk band name. Oregon Health and Science University proudly announced the expansion of their gender affirming services. They're going to create neopenises. Just take some meat off your forearms. And of course, both surgeries come with ridiculously high, no pun intended, complication rates. You think? I mean, you're, golly. They, there's tons of long-term risks with this. This is, this is mutilation. It's not affirming anything. It's mutilation. They just like put these nice little words on it to make it look like they're accommodating a mental illness to this extent that's, if so, look, I, I just, uh, castration and amputation for male parent or the male patients. And oh my gosh, this is just, this is not, this is not healthy. And so one of the doctors there who of course has his doctors who has his pronouns, I'm worried about the medical profession in the future. Honestly, we're going to have people who don't know, um, uh, you know, Franken beans from not Franken beans. And I'm just worried about what that's going to mean. But one of them said, so many phalloplasty cases on schedule this fall. I hereby refer to this season on my calendar as fall, P-H-A-L-L. Are you serious? I just can't. It's mutilation. People have been wanting taxpayers to pay for this. Can you imagine? In the military, they were pushing for this in the military. We have uh, more to come as we're watching. Eighth, apparently now it's eighth round. That McCarthy is, he's not winning. So, where, I mean, where do we, how long is this going to go on? And he's still, what gets me is that he's still stuck at 201. But Donald's is losing votes now. Because people are nominating, who did, uh, what was it? Someone nominated, uh, Gates nominated Trump. The Kevin Hearn. Kevin Hearn. And then there was I, one that said Kevin of... Okay, which I would have I would, I would assume yeah, is Kevin, is Kevin yeah. Hearn of Oklahoma. So I guess two for Kevin Hearn? Uh, yeah, yeah, two for Hearn. So it's Donald's now, so he still doesn't have a majority. It's 201-17 for, that are not for him, for, for uh, Donald's, and Donald's is losing out to these others or ha- taking having votes taken away for the others. It's not, I don't know. It sounds like he kind of doesn't want it, but he could be forced into it. So I don't know. I don't know how long this is going to go on. Nobody knows. So, I mean, something's got to change. I don't know what other concessions can be given. I don't know what else, you know. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Tell you something. When I be complaining about food prices, and y'all motherfuckers be like, ain't you rich? Why are you complaining about lettuce? Why are you complaining about this? That just goes to show me when you be, when you become successful when you have money you're gonna you're gonna go broke soon because y'all not budgeting i get a summary of the money that's being spent in my home every week so when i'm starting to see they're like groceries is like tripling up it's like hey yo what the 
is going on? I want to see for myself what the f is being spent on. And like when I go to the supermarket, like I went to the supermarket, I'm seeing that everything tripled up. That like lettuce was like two dollars a couple of months ago, and now it's like seven. Of course, I'm gonna say something. The because if I think that shit is crazy, I could only imagine what middle class people or people in the hood is motherfucking thinking. So yes, I'm going to say something. The and I have a big platform, so I do She's... want anybody that's responsible of these prices to put that shit the down. They're going to see my shit, they might put it down. Oh my gosh, man. Steve, you had to like, really... That's Cardi B. She's like... Hats off to Steve for that. I know. Um, man. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. Okay, I wanted to play this audio for you as well. I sent this out. This is a story that you got for chapter and verse. Anna Paulina Luna. New, uh, do we have time for this? Or should I save it for tomorrow? Uh, this is a Daily Beast piece. Yeah, we'll Daily Beast piece. Where a reporter decided, this 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 really ugh, cringy, icky reporter was following her around, asking her about sex. Not kidding. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Today in Stupidity, Kane. Oh, believe it or not, it's our president of what? the United States. Yes, Joe Biden said this. For example, since August of last year, Custom and Border Patrol have seized more than 20 thousand Whoa, pounds, pounds of den- deadly fentanyl um man that's got to kill a lot of people kill, kill as many as a thousand people a in this thousand. country more like four and a half billion yeah wow Ooh. he can't math so very good m- yeah math it's not grammar vocabulary yeah all of the above it's not very good at it none of that is good it's like four and a half billion because it only takes like what a oh like a tiny tiny it? amount tiny amount golly All right, folks, that does it for us today. Tomorrow's Friday, your first Friday of the new year. We're going to make it through, and uh, we'll have all the latest for you as it concerns the house. We're going to follow all of that stuff. So, And then sign up for Chapter and Verse, the newsletter. It'll come out there, too. Have a great night. Back with you tomorrow.